Let us pray. Astonishing God, you send your Holy Spirit upon us as we await the coming of your Son. Fill us with good things that we may conceive your reign on earth and glorify you according to your word. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The first scripture reading this morning is from the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, reading verses 1 to 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The second reading is from the New Testament, the book of Luke, chapter 1, reading verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. And reading responsively today from the New Testament, the book of Luke, Reading verses uh, 46 to 55, 
Luke chapter 1. The words will appear on the screens in front of you. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and his holy name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength in his arm. He has scattered the proud and thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And also from the New Testament, the book of Mark, chapter, um, chapter 10, reading verses 17 to 31. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Well, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Twice this year, the question has arisen in our Bible studies, what is the difference between magic and a miracle? 
way back in the springtime, as we had turned our eyes to the book of Exodus, we were discussing this difference as we considered the plagues from the book of Exodus. The terrible signs that God had brought upon Pharaoh and the actions of the magicians of Egypt to mimic the signs of God that were wrought by Moses. And again, that question has arisen over the past couple of weeks as members of the congregation have discussed the magician's nephew and the place of magic and miracles within the writings of C.S. Lewis. In both instances, we were drawn to the same conclusion, that what separates the display of the power of the magicians of Egypt from the signs performed by Moses on behalf of God and what separates the magic performed by Uncle Andrew and the witch Jadis in The Magician's Nephew from the unfolding will of God is that God alone calls forth life. Through magic, one can exercise power and one can destroy. But God alone possesses the ability to create. And in God's creation, all things are good. In this image from C.S. Lewis that we shared this morning is Aslan the lion calls Narnia into being and the lion sings his song and all of the animals are brought forth from the earth. None is afraid. Rabbit and wolf, deer and lion, there is no fear for there are no predators in the perfect world that is being created. It is a world like that that was imagined by the prophet Isaiah in this marvelous poem that Phyllis has read for us this morning from Isaiah chapter 11. In it, Isaiah, Isaiah writes, The wolf shall lie down with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. And yet we know that this re-imaging of the world by Isaiah was not the reality that was experienced by the children of God as Isaiah imagined those words. But rather, this is a daring reimagination of the world as God has created it. Isaiah writes these words to the children of God during the beginning years of the exile when the children of God were being conquered by a foreign power. The dream of self-determination, which is called to mind by that metaphor at the beginning of, the, of the, the reading of a shoot coming forth from Jesse's stump, a reference that refers to, the, to a great king like King David, is anything but what they are currently experiencing. This vision of safety and security, where even the wild beasts pose no threat, must have seemed like a fantasy to those who heard those words as Isaiah wrote. But Isaiah insists that when God comes to establish God's kingdom on earth, on that holy mountain, to use Isaiah's phrase, 
These things will be so. Nothing will hurt or destroy for the knowledge of God and God's peace will fill that place. Likewise, as we hear Mary's story today, how the angel came to her to announce that she would have a child born of God, and Mary's response to the angel's startling promise, we hear once more of a God who upsets the established patterns of power. Power that casts down the lowly and lifts up the rich. It will be overturned and the structures of oppression and usury and greed will be no more. As we move through this Advent season and draw inexorably closer to Christmas, we are reminded once again this morning that in every age we stand in need of the one who comes to establish justice. We stand in need of the God who comes and presses the reset button on creation and dares to declare equality, security, and justice. The God who gave hope to the exiles, the Jesus who came to declare freedom to those under Roman power, still comes to us. And we still live in that in need of that hope. It does not need saying that this has been an interesting year, a difficult year, that has called into question many of the things that we thought we knew about our society and about our world. And this year has caused us to question the conventional wisdom about how we as individuals relate with one another, what the role of government is in the face of catastrophic events in our lives, in the life of our nation, and the life of the world. And yet, amid the all-too-real threat of the present order, this year has presented us also with opportunity to look at the way life was and to redefine who we wish to be moving forward. As governments consider massive investments in the economy to reinvigorate the world in the wake of this pandemic, and fortunately as we stand here on the knife edge of history, it looks like we are in the wake of it. But as governments consider the massive investments that they will need to make, is this the time to consider the world in which we live? Is this the time for us to be the stewards of creation and to invest in new sources of energy that we might reimagine a future that is different than the present reality? Is this the time for local officials to commit themselves to the development of rent geared to income accommodation so that people who live precarious lives because of the cost of housing might have more security? Is this the time for the church to consider its role in the world and in our community, upholding the vision of God's peaceable kingdom and challenging political power to put those those people who are last first in their decision-making, 
to reimagine our mission so that we are more than just that big building in between Pitt and Sydney streets downtown, but a presence that walks with people throughout our community. Is this the time to be the peaceable kingdom? Each and every age calls its people, its leaders, its people of faith, the church, to imagine what the world might be. To imagine what God is calling us to be. And to reclaim the promise of Scripture. And each year as we make this movement from Advent to Christmas and celebrate the birth of the Christ child, we celebrate the reality that new possibility and the new hope is born in each of us. At Christmas, yes, but each day to make decisions that will change our lives and the world and draw us into a faithful life with our Lord. I perceive that God has done wonderful things. May God continue to move through his people that new things may happen. Thanks be to God. Amen.